Hare Krishna. Welcome to the Srimad Bhagavatam class. Before we start, let's pray to Sri Shirata Kalachanji that we are able to do this service nicely and we're able to go a little bit deeply in this verse, which will enable us to come a little bit closer to them. Hare Krishna. We'll start with Jai Radha Madhav. Jayo Radha Madhava Kunja Vihari Jayo Radha Madhava Kunja Vihari Jaya Gopijana Vallabha Girivaradhari Jaya Gopijana Vallabha Girivaradhari Jaya Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Yamuna Tiravanachari Yamuna Tiravanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Vihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Vihari Jaya Gopijana Vallabha Girivaradhari Jaya Gopijana Vallabha Girivaradhari Jaya Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana 
यमुना तेरा यमुना तेरा Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Vihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Vihari Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Oh, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Jaya Prabhupada, Jaya Prabhupada, Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada. Oh, Jaya Guru Deva, Jaya Guru Deva, Guru Deva, Jaya Guru Deva.
অনেকটাই গৌরা হরি বল হরি হরি বল নিকাই গৌরা হরি জয় ওম বিষ্ণুপাদ পরমহংস পরিব্রাজকচার্য স্তোত্র সত শ্রী শ্রীমদ এসি ভক্তিবেদান্ত স্বামী শিল প্রভুপাদ কি জয় জয় ওম বিষ্ণুপাদ পরমহংস পরিব্রাজকচার্য স্তোত্র সত শ্রী শ্রীমদ ভক্তিসিদ্ধান্ত সরস্বতী ঠাকুর কি জয় অনন্তকোটি বৈষ্ণববৃন্দ কি জয় নামাচার্য শিল হরিদাস ঠাকুর কি জয় প্রেম সে কহো শ্রীকৃষ্ণ চৈতন্য প্রভু নিত্যানন্দ শ্রী অদ্বৈত গদাধার শ্রীবাসাদি শ্রী গৌরভক্তবৃন্দ কি জয় শ্রী শ্রী রাধা কৃষ্ণ গোপগোপীনাথ শ্যামকুণ্ড রাধাকুণ্ড গিরি গোবর্ধন কি জয় ব্রজভূমি বৃন্দাবন ধাম কি জয় মায়পুর নবদ্বীপ ধাম কি জয় পুরুষোত্তম ক্ষেত্র জগন্নাথপুরী ধাম কি জয় গঙ্গা মইয়া যমুনা মইয়া কি জয় তুলসী দেবী ভক্তি দেবী কি জয় সামবেদ ভক্তবৃন্দ কি জয় সরপ্রোপাজ ট্রান্সেন্টাল বুক ডিস্ট্রিবিউশন এন্ড প্রসাদম ডিস্ট্রিবিউশন কি জয় হরিণাম সংকীর্তন কি জয় নিতা গৌর প্রেমানন্দে অল ক্লোরিস অ্যাসেম্বল ডিভোটিস অল ক্লোরিস অ্যাসেম্বল ডিভোটিস অল ক্লোরিস অ্যাসেম্বল ডিভোটিস অল ক্লোরিস অল ক্লোরিস টু শ্রী গুরু এন্ড শ্রী গৌরঙ্গা অল ক্লোরিস টু শ্রীলা প্রভুপাদ মা বিষ্ণুপাদায় কৃষ্ণপৃষ্ঠায় ভূতলে শ্রীমতী বৈশেষিকদাসিকারী নামিনি নমপ্রহর্ষশীলায় প্রৌপাদানুসারিণী অনিন্দিতহৃদাস্ত্রভাজনচোদনে মা বিষ্ণুপাদায় কৃষ্ণপৃষ্ঠায় ভূতলে শ্রীমতী ভক্তিবেদান্তস্বামিনী নামিনি নমস্তে সারস্বতীদেব গৌরবাণী প্রচারণে নির্বিশেষশূন্যবাদী পাশ্চাৎদেশতারণে নমো ভগবতে বাসুদেবায় নমো ভগবতে বাসুদেবায় ওম নমো ভগবতে বাসুদেবায় So we are continuing our reading from Canto 1, Chapter 9, titled The Passing Away of Bhishma Dev, and we are in text number 24. So, Deva Deva Bhagavan Pratikshatam Kalevaram Yavadidam Hinomai Aham প্রসন্নাহসারুণালোচনোলসন্মুখোজোধ্যানপথশ্চতুর্ভুজদেবগান কলেবরম যাবদিনোমী অহম প্রসন্নাহসারুণোলোচনালসন
मुखम भोजो ध्याना पथस चतुर्भुजा सदेव देवो भगवान प्रतीक्षताम कलेवरम यावद दम्हिनो मई अहम प्रसन्ना हसानुरुना लोचना लसन मुखम भोजो ध्याना पथस चतुर्भुजा सदेव देवो भगवान प्रतीक्षताम कलेवरम यावद दम्हिनो मीहम प्रसन्नाहा सारुना लोचनो लसन मुखाम भोजो ध्याना पठस चतुर्भुजा सदेव देवो भगवान प्रतीक्षताम कलेवरम यावद दम्हिनो मह्यम प्रसन्नाहा सारुना लोचनो लसन मुखाम भुजो ध्यान पठस चतुर्भुजा सदेव देवो भगवान प्रतीक्षताम कलेवरम यावद दम्हिनो मह्यम प्रसन्नाहा सारुना लोचनो लसन मुखम भुजो ध्यान पठस चतुर्भुजा प्रभु सदेव देवो भगवान प्रतीक्षताम कलेवरम यावद दम्हिनो मह्यम प्रसन्ना सारुना लोचलो लसन मुखाम भुजो ध्यान पठस चतुर्भुजा So we're going to do word for word the meaning of each word saha he deva devaha the supreme lord of the lords bhagavan the personality of godhead pratikshatam may kindly wait Kalevaram, body, yavat, as long as, idam, 
this material body, you know me, me quit, aham, I, prasanna, cheerful, hasa, smiling, aruna lochana, eyes red like the morning sun, ulasat, beautifully decorated, mukha ambujaha, the lotus flower of his face, the lotus flower of his face, in the path of my meditation, Chaturbhuja, the four-handed form of Narayan, which was the worshipable deity of Bhishma Dev. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. So this is Bhishma Dev, he is offering these prayers to, to Lord Krishna. Okay, so he's saying, "May my Lord, who is four-handed, and whose beautifully decorated lotus face, with eyes as red as the shining sun, is smiling, kindly await me at that moment when I quit this material body." Please repeat, "May my Lord, who is four-handed," And whose beautifully decorated lotus face, with eyes as red as a rising sun, rising sun, is smiling, kindly await me at that moment when I quit this material body. This is this is all our meditation, right? At when we quit our body, we would like to have darshan of Krishna, right? So we should. It's a very nice verse for us to remember and learn. So Deva Devo Bhagavan Pratikshatam Pratikshatam is please wait. Kale Varam Yavadidam Hino Mahiyam Prasanna Saruna Lochanolasan. Mukham bhojo dhyana pathas chatur bhuja. So purport, Srila Prabhupada's purport. Bhishma Dev knew well that Lord Krishna is the original Narayan. His worshipable deity was the four-handed Narayan. But he knew that four-handed Narayan is a plenary expansion of Lord Krishna. Indeed, he desired Lord Sri Krishna to manifest himself in his four-handed feature of Narayan. A Vaishnava is always humble in his behavior. Although it was cent percent certain that Bhishma Dev was approaching Vaikuntha Dham just after leaving his material body, still, as a humble Vaishnava, he desired to see the beautiful face of the Lord. For after quitting the present body, he might not be in a position to see the Lord anymore. A Vaishnava is not puffed up. Although the Lord guarantees his pure devotee entrance into his abode, here Bhishma Deva says, quote, as long as I do not quit this body, unquote. This means that the great general would quit the body by his own will. He was not being forced by the laws of nature. He was so powerful that he could stay in his body as long as he desired. 
Do we have that benediction? To stay as long as we want in this body? No. But Bhishma Dev had that benediction that he could he could die when he wanted. Icha, Icha Mrityu. He had that boon of Icha Mrityu. So he got this benediction from his father. He desired that the Lord stay before him in his four-handed Narayan feature so that he, may, he might concentrate upon him and thus be in trance in that meditation. Then his mind might be sanctified with thinking of the Lord. Thus he did not mind wherever he might go. A pure devotee is never very anxious to go back to the kingdom of God. He entirely depends on the goodwill of the Lord. He is equally satisfied even if the Lord desires him to go to hell. The only desire that a pure devotee entertains is that he may always be in rapt attention with the thinking of the lotus feet of the Lord regardless. So what's the desire? The only desire that a pure devotee entertains is that he may always be in rapt attention with thinking of the lotus feet of the Lord regardless. Bhishma Dev wanted this much only, that his mind be absorbed in thinking of the Lord and that he pass away thus. That is the highest ambition of a pure devotee. Hare Krishna. So, uh, Bhishma Dev, in, this, in the previous verse, he's, so in the previous verse, the translation was, the personality of Godhead, who appears in the mind of the devotee. How does he appear in the mind of the devotee? By attentive devotion and meditation, and by chanting of the holy name, releases the devotee from the bondage of fruitive activities at the time of his quitting the material body. So that was his his prayer, his offering, right? And he's explaining that Krishna appears in the mind of a devotee by by two ways. One is by attentive devotion and meditation, and second is by chanting the holy name of Krishna. And what happens when that happens? When that happens, that Krishna is appearing in the mind of a devotee, it releases the devotee from the bondage of fruit of activities at the time of quitting his body. So, we all, we all, you know, sing, right? When we go on Ratyatra, we sing, Nayana Patagami Bhavatume, right? Path of the eyes, Nayana Patagami, like on the path of my eyes, I want to see Lord Jagannath. But here, so at the time of death, you know, even our eyes will give way, right? We will not be able to see. We already have glasses, right? At time of death, we won't even be able to see. So what is Bhishma Dev here praying? That please come on the pathway of my mind, right? Pathway of my mind. That's his prayer. So even though Bhishma, Bhishma Dev had the vow of leaving his body at any time, Icha Mrityu, Yet, here we notice that Krish- that he is actually requesting, kindly await me. Like, please be here, Krishna. Kindly await me at that moment when I'm quitting this material body. Why do you think he's, he's requesting like that? Any thoughts? He has Ichamrityu. Bhishmadeva has Ichamrityu. So, he, so Krishna is right here. He can leave right now. Right? So why is he saying that, Krishna, please wait? That, you know, please wait till I leave my body. That, 
That is one point. Yes, that is one point. So, so here we notice that Bhishma Dev is actually showing intimate relationship with Krishna, right? So, when we are intimate with somebody, right? When we are close to somebody, we say, "Please stay here. I need you right now, right? Please be with me." And very nice example is of His Holiness Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj, right? When at the time of his leaving body, he requested His Holiness Radhanath Swami Maharaj to be there with him, you know. And Radhanath Maharaj was there for many weeks, right? Not just days. That shows intimate relationship. And Krishna actually wanted him to live longer. One reason was like like Prabhuji was saying that Uttarayan was about to come. That was an auspicious moment. And Krishna wanted to actually show that pure devotees don't need an auspicious moment to leave. Any moment they leave is an auspicious moment. But Krishna wanted to show to the material world that even though you're you know, in this, like just by following spirituality, you know, being in, on this path of Krishna consciousness, everything will be satisfied. Everything will be, will be allowed. But the main thing why Krishna wanted him to be there was for him to give, to provide some more service, you know, at the, before he leaves. And what was that service? To give some instructions to the Pandavas, instructions to, to Yudhishthir Maharaj. Just imagine, right? You're, you're on your deathbed and somebody comes to you and says, Prabhu, you give some nice Bhagavatam class. Can you give one more Bhagavatam class before you leave? Right? But this was Bhishma Dev, right? Bhishma Dev was such an elevated devotee that he was staying there because Krishna wanted him to do some service, right? That's, that's the quality of a pure devotee. And we can see, right? Which example comes to our mind of this? Srila Prabhupada, right? Srila Prabhupada at the time of, of leaving, if you, if you actually listen to some of the purports from the 10th canto when he was about to leave, he's practically on his deathbed and, you know, there are devotees all around him and he's recording on the, on the teleprompter and, you know, it's so clear, like consciousness is clear, right? They're, they're completely absorbed in the thinking of the lotus feet of Krishna. This shows that they're not in the material body. Their body has now become spiritualized. So that is, that is the main point that, you know, devotees, pure devotees, they are absorbed in thinking of the lotus feet of Krishna even at the time of death. <clears throat> the other point here which we noticed was that Krishna, uh, Bhishma Dev wanted to actually see Krishna in the four-handed form. That was his Ishtadev. Ishtadev is somebody who he's praying in his in his heart. And we notice that devotees are attracted to to different kinds of you know forms, like Murari Gupta, right? Murari Gupta, he was a very, very close associate of of the Lord. He was Hanumanji and he was Murari Gupta in the Gaur Leela. And he was always thinking of Lord Ram in his heart. And Gauranga Mahaprabhu reciprocated with him. You know, when he showed the Mahaprakash Leela. Same way, we all have our own eternal relationship with Krishna, which we are trying to remember. We've forgotten that. We've forgotten who Krishna is. We've forgotten who we are. And we've forgotten our relationship with Krishna. And we are trying to remember that. And how do we try to come there? By the process of Bhakti Yoga. And here... Bhishma Dev is explaining what is that process. Mind, 
speech, sight and actions. Mind, speech, sight, seeing the form and, and our actions, our seva. So those are the things which we need to invest. Thinking, feeling and willing in Krishna. So when our external senses are engaged in these external activities, you know, then we start to revive our relationship with Krishna. So, so you've all seen a dough, right? A dough of, of chapati or a dough of, of pizza, right? When you actually make a mark on the dough, you know, the groove comes in there, right? So as we keep doing our, our external activities, these grooves get, you know, deeper and deeper, deeper and deeper. And we start to forget, you know, who we are. And if you take that dough and you actually put it in, like if you give it sound vibration, right? Over time, that, that, that crease or that, you know, crevice would, would go away, right? You would just have one single dough. Same way that's our mind, you know. So many times we are giving so many different external influences that, you know, our mind is creating those deep craters. And by the power of the holy name, you know, we'll be able to vibrate our, our mind into Krishna consciousness. So, this whole point is that our whole life is actually a preparation for our time of death. You know, the time at which uh, we are about to leave our body. For example, when we are about to give a test, right? When we give a final exam, we prepare all year long to give our final exam. But if we haven't prepared, what happens? You fail our test. And then you have to go back, you know, one more year to prepare to give your final test. So same, same way, if you can remember Krishna at, at the time of death, about when you're about to leave this body, then you have passed the test. But if you haven't, then, you know, you have to come back into this material world to again prepare. So we should remember that the ultimate goal of life is to remember Krishna at the time of death. Here we see from Bhishma Dev's life what a life of a devotee can be. You know, Krishna himself has appeared in front of him at this at this moment. And devotees always in anxiety that, oh Krishna, I hope I never forget you. Always praying to Krishna that don't allow me to forget you. Just keep me engaged in your service. Right? That's the prayer of, of Kulashekar. He says, Oh my Lord, at the time of death, how shall I be able to remember you as it's a very, very painful moment? So an intelligent person, you know, all, all of you, they know that when we are about to leave our body, we need to be prepared. Right? And a foolish body, a foolish person thinks that he will never die. The foolish person thinks that, you know, this is, at the time of death, everything is going to go away and I'll be merged. So, so a foolish person, an atheistic person, doesn't make any arrangements and only waste time by eating, drinking, and, you know, doing all various activities. But an intelligent person, he makes arrangements for the time of death. So, here we are actually seeing that, you know, Bhishma Dev is showing us with his with his, um, you know, with his actions, how one should actually prepare for your time of death. So a devotee knows that this material world is only temporary. He doesn't become attached, you know, to either enjoying or to the sufferings of this material world. If there is any suffering, he accepts with the right spirit. And when there is pleasure, he doesn't get attached 
to that pleasure. And same way we see here Bhishma Dev, you know, he is in that same spirit, right? He's in, he's lying on the bed of arrows. He has hundreds of arrows pierced in his body. And the arrow is not just, you know, touching him, it's going all across. And it's, it's such a way that he's actually lying on the bed of arrows like a bed. Think about it, right? Like even if a small pin pricks us, you know, how much pain we are in, right? And here, Bhishma Dev, he has hundreds of arrows, and these arrows are not from any, you know, ordinary person. It's Arjuna's arrows, the most sharpest, most powerful arrows which have pierced him. And, you know, this, this person, this elevated Mahajan, you know, he's lying on this bed of arrows, he's at the time of death, and still, he is Tita Pragya. He's completely, he's taking the suffering in the right spirit. Right? In spite of this, when Yudhishthira comes to ask him some, some questions, he gives him sound advice. Bhishmadev is unaffected by this condition, and that is a sign, you know, of an advanced devotee. No matter what, whatever happens in this material world, you know, he is not affected by, by this. Their consciousness is not separated. You know, the consciousness is actually separated from the material body. For example, if you take a ripe co- coconut, right? The ripe coconut, the pulp is actually separated from the shell. You know, same way a pure devotee is completely separated from the body. You know, they are spiritualized. So, if anything happens to the external body, it doesn't affect them. Another example, you know, Srila Prabhupada gives is of a green mango versus a ripe mango, right? So how do we actually become Krishna conscious? So the example is given is when the green mango remains on the tree, over time, the green mango becomes ripe. Same way when we are in the association of devotees, if you are in the process, over time, in due course, you know, we will also become ripe. But the key is never to come off that tree. So, uh, so do you know the story of Bhishma Dev, Prabhu? No, okay, I can I can give a, a a quick you know overview. So Bhishma Dev, he is um, he was a demigod, and he used to live in the heavens, right, heavenly planets. So there were eight vasus, eight eight Vasus, and they had their wives, and one day they were all flying on aeroplanes. And as they were flying on aeroplanes, one of the Vasus' wife saw a very, very beautiful cow. And she was very attracted to the cow. And she told her husband that, I, I want that cow. You know, can you please go get me that cow? And that cow was actually, um, was a Surabi cow. A Surabi cow is a, a wishfulling cow. You know, anything you you have desires for, that Surabi cow would would give it, and she was actually the daughter of a Surabi cow. The name of the cow was Nandini, and the power of Nandini was such that she she belonged to a sage. The sage's name was Vishishtamuni, and the sage, uh, you know, considered her like 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 his own daughter, and the the power of this cow was such that. You know, once Vishwamitra, a very, very powerful sage, he had come with about 65,000 soldiers. And after fighting a battle, when he came to the, came to the sage's home, the sage Vashishtamuni 
he invited them very nicely to the house and he said that, why don't you all go take your bath and then, you know, we'll make preparations for your, for your meal. And Vishwamitra was thinking, well, you know, this person is so poor, you know, how will he be able to take care of me? What about the whole army? But he said, okay, you know, if he's invited us, let's, let's go and, you know, take our bath. So when they came back, they saw that they had, you know, he had prepared elaborate prashadam. It was not only on leaves, but it was on golden plates, you know, beautiful goblets of, of juice and water. And, you know, he was completely taken aback. So Vishwamitra then asked Vashishtamuni that, how? How have you prepared all of this so quickly and, you know, with so much elegance? So then Vashishtamuni explained that, you know, I have this beautiful cow, Nandini. She is a wish-fulfilling cow. And, you know, that's how we've got it. So at that time, Vishwamitra, he wanted to get this cow. And he he told Vashishtamuni that, you know, you please give me this cow. I have more need than you. But Vashishtamuni said, no, she's like my daughter. I can't give her away. And, you know, by force, they tried to steal the cow. And at that time, you know, Nandini, Nandini came to, to Vashishta and he said that, you know, please do something. They're taking me away. And uh, Vashishtamuni said, no, you know, I'm a Brahman. I don't do these things. And if they're taking you away, that's fine. But Nandini, she was so attached and she was wish-fulfilling. You know, she produced thousands of soldiers and, you know, defeated the army. And, you know, that was the power of Nandini. So now the Vasus, you know, when they were flying and one of the wife, when they asked the Vasu that, you know, I want this cow, they tried to first explain that, no, no, this is not ours. It belongs to someone else. We cannot take it. But she, you know, she kept nagging him that, you know, please get it. You know, you don't do anything. and You never get me any gifts. You know, you need to get me. So then, you know, they stole the cow. They stole the cow and, you know, which was not a very good idea. So Vashishtamuni, when he came back to his ashram, his home, he noticed that Nandini was missing. And at that time, Vashishtamuni, you know, he was, he was a very, very powerful sage. And he had um, Trikala Darshi. You know, he was able to see time in three aspects, past, present, and the future. So, and the power he got was, you know, because he was so truthful, like, you know, that was his power. So, uh, he saw in the past, he went to the past and he saw that, you know, the Vasus came and they, they stole the cow. They stole Nandini. So, at that time, he got really angry and he cursed them. And he said that they will fall from the heaven because they've stolen Nandini and they're going to take birth as humans on the earth planet. The Vasus, when they found out that they were cursed, they immediately ran to Vashishtamuni and they fell at his feet, you know, begged for forgiveness and they said that, you know, can you please take your curse, of, curse back? But, you know, because from birth he was so powerful, he was so truthful, whatever he said became truth. You know, he's like, well, I can't take my curse away, but I can try to make your curse smaller. So, at that time, you know, he, he said that all the Vasus, the seven Vasus who did not steal the cow, as soon as you are born, you know, you will be delivered. As soon as You have to take birth on the human planet, on the earth planet, but as soon as you are born, 
you know, your mother who was who was the river Ganges, Ganga, you know, as soon as, you know, she puts you back in the river, you know, you'll be delivered and you will come back. But the eighth Vasu, who actually stole the cow, that Vasu will need to stay on the earthly planet for a very, 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 very long time. So that was the curse. Who who do you think is the eighth Vasu? Bhishma Dev. Yes, so Bhishma Dev was the eighth Vasu. So that was that's the story of you know Bhishma Dev. And Bhishma Dev, uh, when he was born, he was born as Devavrata. And so his father, his father's name is Shantanu. And Shantanu had had got married to Mother Ganga. But Mother Ganga had given a condition to get married. She said that you will not ask me whatever I do. You know, that is the vow. And if you ever ask me what I'm doing or why I'm doing it, I'm going to leave you. So Shantanu said, yeah, sure, you know, I'll, you know, get married. And, you know, once once he got married, she started to have um, kids, right? And these vasus were actually coming as kids. And as soon as she got the kid, she would go to Ganga, River Ganga, and put the kid away. And Shantanu never asked a question. So it happened... It happened seven times like that, right? And every time Ganga dumped the, the seven children, you know, Shantanu was, was really sad, you know, to see his, his kids dying like that. But on the eighth child, Bhishma Dev, when Devavrata came, Shantanu couldn't resist and he stopped her. And he said, why are you doing this? You know, please spare this one. And Mother, Mother Ganga then explained that, you know, this was the curse and that's why, you know, we're doing it. But because you have broken your promise, I'm going to leave you now. So, but she also told him that because Devavrat is Bhishma or Devavrat is still very young, I'm going to take him with me. And when he's of age, I will bring him back. So his name was Devavrat. And the way he got his name Bhishma, Bhishma is like a very, very, uh, powerful, like somebody who is very powerful and uh, who has taken a very like a very powerful vow. So the story goes that Shantanu, you know, after Mother Ganga had gone, Shantanu was once, you know, in in the forest, and as he was hunting, he, you know, he um, he saw a very very beautiful girl. Uh, she was a daughter of a tribal person, and her name was Satyavati, and um, so Satyavati's father said that, okay, you know, you can marry her, but I also have a condition. And my condition is that only the, only the kids of Satyavati are going to become the king. And Bhishma will never become the king. And, you know, nobody in his lineage will also ever become the king. So Bhishma and Shantanu didn't want to do that. Shantanu had a lot of love for his son Devavrat. But as soon as Devavrat saw that his father is is very sad, you know, out of love, he goes to the tribal place, the tribal person's place, and he says that I take a vow that I will never get married. He takes that vow. He also takes a vow that whoever is on the whoever is on the the throne, he is always going to support them. And take care of them. You know, that was his vow. So as soon as he took that vow, Shantanu, you know, gave him a boon that, you know, 
because of this vow you've taken, you will have the boon of dying whenever you want to die. So that was his, his boon. But this was all arrangement of Krishna. Because the only way for us to go back to Goloka, Goloka Vrindavan, is by coming to this earthly planet. So, so Krishna, he wanted Bhishma Dev to actually, you know, come back because he's an eternal associate of Krishna. So he made this entire plan in such a way that he falls down to the earthly planet and then from the earthly planet he can again come back, you know, home. So, so Bhishma Dev was a Nityasiddha, right? Nityasiddha is somebody who is an eternal associate of Krishna. So, so that's the story. That's the story and, you know, some context on how Bhishma Dev comes to the earthly planet. Why does he get the name Bhishma? How he is so powerful? How did he get the vow or the boon of, you know, being alive, you know, and die whenever he want, wanted to die? So, the, the main thing for us to remember here is that this human form of life is very, very important. Because only from the human form of life on this earth, somebody who has taken birth on, on earth in a human form of life, only this person can actually, you know, go back home to Goloka. And we should realize, you know, what a great benediction we have got. Isn't it? What a great benediction we have got. That we have this human form of life and we are in association of devotees and we can actually take advantage of it. And even more, you know, great benediction which we have got is we have taken birth in this yoga. So there are four yoga cycles. Satya, Treta, Dwapar and Kali Yuga. And then it repeats again. So right now we are in Kali Yuga. So we have taken birth in Kali Yuga and we have taken birth right just after Mahaprabhu. Gauranga Mahaprabhu has has just disappeared. Well, his his Sankirtan movement is still going on, but we are just in this golden period. You know, he was here just 500 years ago. So Mahaprabhu, if you see on the altar, what's, what's her name, Prabhu? D'Angelo, okay. So D'Angelo, if you see on the altar, on the left, you see uh, there are two deities with their arms raised up. So on the left, we have Nityananda Prabhu. And on the right, we have Gauranga Mahaprabhu. So Gauranga Mahaprabhu is Krishna, who you see, you know, in the, in the center, in the middle altar, with, with his eternal associate Radha. So Radha Rani is the most closest associate of Krishna. You know, her mood is always to, to please the Lord. And when she pleases the Lord and she, and she sees the Lord pleased, she gets pleasure seeing that. So Krishna, Krishna was trying to understand that how Radharani is actually getting more pleasure than me. So he wanted to taste that. He wanted to taste that. That what is she, what is she experiencing when she pleases me? Right? So he then comes down as Gauranga. Gauranga Mahaprabhu. And Gauranga Mahaprabhu is, is golden in color. Because Krishna is actually is blackish in color, bluish blackish. But he comes in the mood of Radharani who is golden. 
So that's why Radharani covers him, you know. He's covered in the golden mood. So Goranga Mahaprabhu comes down and he is coming down to give, to, to help spread this to everyone that can we spread this so everyone can actually understand, you know, what is Radharani experiencing? How can we come into that mood of service? So, so we should be actually, we should feel very, very, you know, blessed that we are actually in this period, this golden age. And, you know, Mahaprabhu actually opened the storehouse of how we can go back to Goloka Vrindavan. So we cannot just gate crash, you know, into, into the spiritual world. The only way for us to get entry is by becoming a devotee of Goranga Mahaprabhu. And the way to become a devotee is by serving. You know, we serve in either Shanta or Dasyaras. So, Dasya is like, you know, like a servant, you know, like a service, service attitude. Everything we're doing is like a service, service to Krishna. So that's why he's called Mahaprabhu. Prabhu is, um, is a master. Maha is, you know, the supreme master. Mahaprabhu. He is the most merciful. He has come here to give us that, that, you know, natural position of Krishna. So we have got this benediction and, you know, here we also notice that Bhishma Dev, who is a Mahajan, right? He knows where his destination is going to be, right? But still, what does he tell Krishna? Kindly await me at the moment when I quit this material world. You can see, you can actually understand that Bhishma Dev is not feeling like my my life is set. I know where I'm going. You know, he he has that anxiety. He has that anxiety and in the purport we actually see that Krishna, that Bhishma Dev is saying that let me actually see Krishna one last time because I don't know when I'm going to see him. You know, he's in that anxiety. And the problem in our lives is that, you know, we feel like, oh, we are set, right? We feel like everything's okay. You know, we are set in our life. You know, once when I was on Sankirtan, when we were going out, you know, book distributing, I met this this officer, and I gave him a lollipop, you know, and when he took the lollipop, he was like, he looked at it, and he was like, I'm set. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, like, you know, that's that's how we all are. We feel like we're set. Everything's good. Everything's great. You know, we, we put our hand outside the car, and we, we lean back, and we're like, alright, we're living the life. But that's the problem. We We feel very comfortable. You know, we we don't understand that we need to always remember Krishna. And at any moment, at any moment, we can forget him. And that is where we see Bhishma Dev, a very, very elevated, pure devotee of Krishna. He is praying that, Krishna, please wait. Please wait till I leave my body so I can see you. You know, that's that's the mood we need to have. Always be dependent on Krishna. We should have that mood when we are chanting, when we are chanting the holy name. You know, like many times we see when a child is crying, right? Parents parents know that sound of a cry, right? When the cry is, it's like, ah, we're like, okay, you know, the kid is, the kid's okay, but he's just trying to get attention. But when the, the kid really cries, you know, is in pain, 
needs help. The parents know that cry. They immediately run to the child like, what happened? You know, how can we help? Same way when we are chanting, when we are crying out to Krishna, if we are not sincere in our cries, if we are not dependent on Krishna with that cry, you know, Krishna will never feel like, okay, this person is actually, you know, needing me. So that, that should be our mood. We should cry out for Krishna in the mood that we are dependent on you. So, so that's, that's, that's the point here. You know, that the whole purpose of us, you know, in this material world, why, why are we even doing this whole process of devotional service? Our whole process of devotional service is to prepare for that time, right? Time of death. So that way we are always remembering Krishna and we're always dependent on Krishna. So we'll, we'll stop here. And what we'll do is we will go from Mukundadev Prabhu, from right to left. And please share anything which, which stuck to you, anything, uh, any reflections you have, anything which will help you improve your devotional service. Hare Krishna. Indirectly, yes. Okay, let's let's read this again. Bhishma Dev knew well that Lord Krishna is the original Narayan. Like he knew that Lord Krishna is the supreme personality of God. However, his worshipable Worshipable deity was the four-handed Narayan form, but he knew that four-handed Narayan is a plenary expansion of Lord Krishna. Indirectly, he desired Lord Sri Krishna to manifest himself in his four-handed feature of Narayan. So your question is, why did he want it indirectly but not directly? So then he can. Srila Prabhupada continues, a Vaishnava is always humble in his behavior, although it was 10% certain. Okay, so my, what is, what I'm thinking is why indirectly was, right now Krishna has, right, so, so let's think about the scene, right? The scene is Bhishma Dev is on the bed of arrows. We have great sages, great sages who have assembled here. We have Shukdev Goswami, we have Narada Muni, we have, you know, Vyasadev, we have the Pandavas, you know, we have, we have everyone there assembled, right? Lord Krishna has come in his two-handed form. However, Bhishma Dev has this desire to see Krishna in the four-handed form. If Krishna had transformed or changed, you know, into a four-handed form, I think it would have created some confusion for everyone else around there. And maybe that's why Bhishma Dev, you know, wanted to see indirectly in his in his mind. I don't know. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Nice. Very nice. Yes, nice point, Prabhu. Thank you, Prabhuji. My dear friend, Prabhu, so nice to see you. Welcome back. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Nathan Govind Prabhu Ki Jai.
Very nice point, Prabhu. Yeah, this this whole point of how a pure devotee, even at the time of death, is not perturbed and their consciousness is completely intact. And and Srila Prabhupada actually explains, you know, everyone can come to that point, provided we are always in contact with Krishna consciousness. You know, Srila Prabhupada gives this example a lot. When a, when an iron rod when an iron rod is put in the fire, the iron rod becomes red hot. But as soon as you take it out, you know, it loses that fire, right? It loses that 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 electricity, that current, that heat. The same way a pure devotee, you know, is always an anxiety that am I in contact with Krishna? Am I in contact with Krishna? Can I be always be in this Krishna consciousness? And that should be our mood. You know, our mood should be that when we are in always in contact with the devotees, when we're always, you know, reading reading these case case studies, you know, from the Srimad Bhagavatam. So the Srimad Bhagavatam is the Amala Puran, it is, thank you Prabhu, it is, yeah, the spotless, you know, the sweetest fruit, the fruit of all the Vedas. So when we read Srimad Bhagavatam and we go a little bit more deeper, these are case studies of important personalities who are giving us the entire blueprint. You know, we don't have to even think through it. We just have to follow, you know, all these case studies. So, nice point, Prabhu. Thank you. Yes. Aruna Lochana. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was thinking through this when I was reading this verse. You know, till now, if you read this chapter, Bhishma Dev has been uh, glorifying Krishna. He's giving prayers to Krishna. Right? He's he's at his deathbed, but still, you know, he's looking at each feature of Krishna. That, you know, who is four-handed form, who is beautifully decorated lotus eyes, right? His eyes are beautifully decorated. So lotus eyes are, you know, like it's all going long, right? Lotus eyes, and his eyes, the pupils are red as the the rising sun, right? If you see sunrise, and you see that orange, red, red, that those are his eyes. And then this is the first request he's doing. Right? This is the only request he does in this in this chapter. Kindly await me at the moment when I'm quitting this material body. That is his request. That please, please await me till I leave because I want to be seeing that lotus face when I leave. So yeah, nice. Thank you, Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Yes, Prabhu. So, yes. So, so question is that at the time of death, if for some reason we're not able to remember Krishna, what happens, right? So, think of it like um, like a spiritual bank balance. Whatever you're doing is like a spiritual bank balance. So, 
So even in the material world, we all have a bank account, right? We keep depositing some money. But at the time of death, what happens to that money? Do you take it with you and go? It's lost. So all this work which you're doing here, it's all gone. It's all Whatever you're seeing around you, it's all gone. You know? But devotional service is like an eternal bank balance. It never goes away. Never goes away. And even, for instance, you know, if, even if you have to come back, you start from where you left off. So there is, so Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita that, you know, there's no loss. There's no loss for a devotee. There's no loss for a devotee. And Srila Prabhupada also gives us this guarantee that if you follow the process, if you follow the process, you're guaranteed to go back home, back to Godhead in this very lifetime. We should never feel like, oh, we're going to come back. Who knows what's going to happen when we come back? You know, what what life form we're going to be, which planet we're going to be, what age we're going to be, we don't know. So Now we have this opportunity and we can take full advantage. Wherever, you're, wherever you are in the spiritual journey, it does not matter. From today when you become serious, you, know, you can you can make your lifetime count. And there was a question I remember in one of, I think this was in Australia. Somebody asked Srila Prabhupada, how long does it take for somebody to become a pure devotee? And Srila Prabhupada's answer was, within a moment. Within a moment, you can become fully surrendered, fully Krishna conscious. So, so we should all feel you know, very motivated and very inspired and aim to to get there. You know, and the process is that we we should just become a little bit more strict, a little bit more serious, and a little bit more sincere. The three S's. Strict, serious, and sincere. Does that help, Prabhu? Okay. Hare Krishna. Hare Bol, Prabhu. You you both look so similar. Has anybody else said that? No, okay. Hare Krishna. So, so your question is that is the destination the same based on our relationship with Krishna? Right? What relationship? So, so Krishna says, right, in the Bhagavad Gita, he says in the Bhagavad Gita that uh, we want to, we want, and Srila Prabhupada qualifies that we want to um, remember Krishna, meditate on the two-handed form of Krishna. However, everyone has a unique relationship with Krishna. We don't have to, it will, it will, it will come to you. At some, at some point, we will remember our eternal relationship with Krishna, and the devotee feels, you know, the devotee is not thinking that, oh, am I lower or am I higher? It doesn't. They don't. They don't care, because that is my relationship with Krishna. That is what is giving Krishna the highest pleasure with my service. So we should never feel like you know a devotee is higher or lower. We should just follow this process and. And automatically, 
You know, Krishna from within, Guru, Guru from within, Chaitya Guru will reveal that. You know, what is our eternal relationship with Krishna? I think so, but we might want to check with somebody more senior who you know can give you a little bit better explanation. But my, my understanding is like if you take example of Murari Gupta, right? Murari Gupta, and I think there was also an example of a brother of a Goswami, right? I think Rupa and Sanatan's el- elder brother, he was very attached to Lord Ram, if, if I'm not wrong. And they were always, you know, telling him to chant the holy name, think about Krishna. But he, his mind was agitated because his Ishtadev was Lord Ram. Same with Murari Gupta. Right? Murari Gupta's Ishtadev was Lord Ram. And Mahaprabhu was, was, was very happy in that relationship. When he did his, you know, when he showed that Mahaprakash Leela, he actually showed, you know, Murari Gupta, Lord Ram's form. So, he, he's Hanumanji, yeah. So I think I think what you're trying to say is because he was always serving in that mood, that was his Ishtadev. But I, but in our case, we are actually meditating on Krishna. But if my relationship is different, then what will happen at time of death? Right? So, destination. destination. What will be my destination? Our, our eternal position is already there. Right? We have an eternal position. That's not going to change. Right? So, but, but another question comes to, to mind is, you know, the, the case study of, uh, of uh, Gopal. Right? Of, of Gop Kumar, Gop Kumar, right? Gop Kumar, he was not satisfied, right? He was not satisfied. He went to all the different Vaikuntha planets, and he actually wanted to go to Golok Rindavan. So, so maybe, maybe we should read a little bit more from you know that pastime to understand. Okay, so we'll stop here. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Shila Prabhupada ki jai, Gaur Premanande, Hari Hari Paul.